Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast from Handsome Phantom. I'm Ben, and with me here is Dave. Howdy. And Brandon. What's up? I had to mix it up a little bit. You thought I was going to throw it to you first, Brandon. Hey, dude, that's okay. It's always to you first. On my toes. So Dave had to, like, you know, anticipate and retaliate or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. If you are here as a free feed member, we appreciate that. If you're here as a patron, we also appreciate that. You can be a patron by going over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom and signing up as little as a dollar a month. And uh, also you can join our Discord, handsomephantom.com slash Discord. The link's probably in the show notes, if I remember correctly. But how are you guys doing this week? Anything anything happening? Uh, not a whole lot. The grind. The grind. The grind this week, yeah. yeah. Rise and grind, as they say. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's about it, unfortunately, so far. Dave, you don't really have anything exciting going on in your life right now. Probably. No, just, you know, 30, flirty, and squirty. Um, hey. Just sort of. Wow. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I, I'm getting married I'm in, in 10 days. Next, he threw you yeah. off, just like you said. <laughs> Caught you off guard there, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get married in, in, in about 10 days. So we're, we're as as Robert Downey Jr. would say, we're in the end game now. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, feeling good, feeling real good. Now, dude, this has been a long time coming. Uh, we may have discussed this on the show in the past. I don't know, but this is like what two years almost of of like back and forth. Uh, well, no, like a year and a half of like back and forth because of COVID stuff and everything, and lots of changes. So I'm glad you're finally getting it done. Yeah, we've had uh, three separate wedding dates, but we're finally <laughs> getting the job done on on August sixth. So yeah, yeah. You know what they say, Dave. Third time's the charm. <laughs> there you go. That, that doesn't work as well for like your third wife, though. I Correct. Think, I think it's mostly like <laughs> everything but that. Pretty right. Much. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that Dave's getting married and glad that Brandon has nothing going on in his life. I also have not a lot going on in my life. So that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much the way. No news going. is good news. Speaking of no news, there's not a whole lot of news. I mean, there's like a lot of weird industry or industry adjacent stuff happening, but like not a lot of big headlines. But we got a few things for you today. Don't worry. We'll probably talk about some some video games. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's it. That's pretty much the whole thing I was going to say, because all of us are boring and have nothing going on in our lives. Fair enough. Uh, except for the whole wedding thing. That's kind of that's kind of fun. Um, let's get right into it then. Let's, let's talk about the fact that certain PCs can no longer be sold in select states. This comes courtesy of theregister.com. It says the headline is Dell won't ship energy hungry PCs to California and five other US states due to power regulations. Customers seeking to purchase, for example, an Alienware Aurora Ryzen Edition R10 gaming desktop from Dell's website and have it shipped to California are now presented with a message that tells buyers they're out of luck. This product, quote, this product cannot be shipped to the states of California, Colorado, Hawaii, Oregon, Vermont, or Washington due to power consumption regulations adopted by those states. Any orders placed that are bound for those states will be canceled. So this is all driven by the fact that the California Energy Commission defined a mandatory energy efficiency standard for PCs, including desktops, 
AIOs. What's an AIO? Hard to say. And mobile gaming systems. Uh, maybe that's a laptop of some sort. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so this went into effect on July 1st, et cetera, et cetera. So far, so far, the only things that are affected across Dell and Alienware, and you know Dell owns Alienware, right. is the Alien Aurora R10 and R12 systems. Guys, how do we feel about this? How do we feel about if you live in those states, you can't have this high-end, high-power-hungry PC? Well, and Don't even think about mining cryptocurrency. I know. See... My problem with the whole thing is that although I do think it is a noble venture to consume less power, um, unless you're providing one to everyone in the state, uh-huh. how significant could it possibly fucking be right. for one device in your home to I be mean, sucking up more power? First of all, I agree. I'm not... Tell me I, honestly, I, though. I'm not in favor of government overreach, but sure. I, I suppose... The argument could be made that it's not just one they're worried about. It's a bunch of people getting these high-end, sure. you know, high-power-hungry whatever he sees. So what happens if I fill a wall with light bulbs yeah. and I just screw them all in? That's okay, right? <laughs> That's totally fine, yeah. All right, there you are. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a simpler solution would just be say, to say, hey, you can use as much energy as you want, but we're jacking the price up. Yeah, just so, th- so that you're like automatically going to lose a lot, use less because you're going to pay a bunch more for it. Yeah, dude, just charge like a like a like a high electricity tax, like they do with cars, like they do with gas guzzlers. Yes. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? And think about same that. same principle. Yeah. Um, to it's, discourage. Yeah, it's really it, odd that they're that they're restricting like individual products as opposed to just like an entire household. So it's like right. if if your household goes over a certain peak. Rather than sort of charging a higher rate, they're actually like I assume they're doing with this with like larger appliances like air conditioning units or like fridges and stuff like that. But right, it's I don't know. It just seems really odd to go after like I don't know individual products like that when you can just yeah yeah. But Dave, can your AC unit? run Call of Duty at 120 frames. (laughs) You see the difference here. Sometimes you need power. That's what I'm saying. It's fair. It's interesting because, so they had some requirements that took place at the beginning of 2019, and then these new requirements just kicked in at the beginning of July that include um, the the the, some thin clients, uh, mobile gaming systems, which, what's a mobile gaming system that would require that much power? The biggest Galaxy Note. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Honestly, that sounds a little ludicrous um, in and of itself. But it uh, also includes, at the end of this year, computers with high-speed networking capability. Now, guys, let me just pause there for a minute. Am I wrong, or does how fast your computer can download information not cost electricity i suppose you could say that the computer working faster working more to to process that but like i kind of think that high-speed networking is something we want right yeah and i mean if you break it down it's like what's the highest speed internet you can get fiber yeah it's literally just you know light data right passing through glass tubes the other thing that's interesting is at the end of the year, or December 9th of this year, multi-screen notebooks, so laptops with 
two, two screens. screens. The DS is done. The DS is <laughs> that's the mobile gaming system. Right the there. DS is fucking done. Everybody in California, trade in those DSs right now. All of Fuck them. The you, 3DS, the 3DS XL. That's right. <laughs> the reckoning. Notebooks with cyclical behavior, which I assume that's somehow how they source power. Uh, and here's the one that really hurts, in my opinion. Monitors with high refresh rates. Now, I don't mean that hurts the environment, obviously. Like, that's the goal here is to try to try to help out with energy stuff. And I know that some of these states have energy issues, but monitors with high refresh rates. But Talk about the gamers having a bad week. This is very silly to me. I mean, and yeah. I'm going to tell you why, specifically okay. for one state, California. Yes. If they took all of the gaming houses out of Cali, because I'm sure there's a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. How, how much money are we drawing in here? Is there like a diminishing return on this? You cut the power, they leave. It's like, what's the play? Well, also some of these companies that manufacture these things. Now, maybe the actual manufacturers aren't in California. But I would think, and, and California, we're just picking on California, but there's these other states that, that do include these, these things too. But I think some of them are headquartered in some of these states. That's so that, that produce these high-end things. Not, the, not specifically the Dell and Alienware computer that we mentioned earlier. But right. like, so if you've got a company doing business in your state and you're preventing them from selling certain products to people in your state, hmm. yeah, they can still make their money elsewhere, but aren't you losing a significant amount of revenue yeah. off of them? I don't know. Seems... So where do the aliens the, play the into Twitch this with thing the computers? Is, the streaming <laughs> thing is kind of interesting because like most Twitch streamers are using like two separate computers. They have their stream PC and the one they're actually gaming on. Yes. So like if both of those computers are within the standard, but you still have two of them running, that's still probably taking up more power than one of these Alienware Auroras. So it's like, right. it just doesn't make sense. Very strange. What if I have a tiny little mini fridge and it's and then I have like a, a super energy saving air conditioner or I don't have an air conditioner at all and I don't have a car and I don't watch TV. I just use my computer. So I'm using less power than the average household, but I still can't have I still can't play my Call of Duty at one. 120 frames. And you cannot tell me there is not a million Teslas in these states. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know about a million, but you know what I mean? there's a lot. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What, Dave, what, what are you referring to with the Twitch streaming thing? Like, I, I'm just saying for, as an example, like oh, those yeah, people yeah, yeah. will have two separate computers. Yes. Um, but if both of those computers are within the threshold... Those two computers are still eating up more energy than one of these Alienwares. Yeah. Yes. Dude, you're going to have to min-max your fucking electricity in your house now in these states. Man. But it doesn't matter because specific devices are true ruled out. Yeah. True. So that's an interesting thing. And here's the thing I thought was really interesting. A CEC spokesperson, that's the California Energy Control or whatever it is, told the register that staff was unaware of vendors not shipping to California as a result of the requirements taking effect. So... This may very well be that they ruled out, like, okay, anything that uses more than this power, this much power, and they didn't realize, like, oh, that's going to affect, like, something right. like a computer. Yeah. We were just hoping for people to stop using generators right. driven off of electricity in their house or something, you know, whatever. But, or maybe they were hoping to, like, curb some of those crypto 
mining things, you know. Yeah, don't uh, doubt it. You know, I'm sure their intent was wholesome to some extent, but I would imagine that once they start realizing that, like, certain things can't even happen in our state, <laughs> there might be some tunes changing. Yeah. We'll Got to be a little more specific uh, with the regulation. There, or a little apparently. less specific. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? All right. Well... I think that's about all for that one. Splitgate. Now, Brandon, you were asking me about this right before the show started. Splitgate has been delayed due to server overload. And this story is from Game Informer. And Splitgate, you guys, I think both have seen or played Splitgate in yeah. the past, right? I played it. Yeah, I played it at PAX. At PAX, yeah. Yep. So it was um, basically they, the tagline they used, and I think it was because someone wrote an article that said this, and then they started using it as a tagline. It was basically like Halo meets Portal. Right. Um, it's a first-person shooter with portals, essentially. It was supposed to event- originally launch today, but there's an open beta that's been running, and I think I got into the... Prior, one of the prior betas or the alpha or something. I don't remember. But I played it a little bit at home. I remember that. And the open beta has been going, and they've done a lot of improvements to the game, apparently. They've really, like, souped things up, and it's running well. People are enjoying it. It has had so many active players that the servers have become, like, severely overloaded. Like, I've been seeing people, like, I can't get into it for hours because there's so many people trying to play it. It hit, right. like, almost 200,000 concurrent players on Steam. Damn. I want to say, and I think they had, I don't know, 600,000 people download it like within a a small time frame. So it's definitely getting some attention. Yeah. Um, But basically they're saying like, hey, the game is ready to go. It's just that if we actually put this game out for sale, our servers are so bogged down that some of you are just not going to be able to play. That's just the reality. Like some of you are not going to be able to play. So they delayed it. I kind of want to talk more about the fact, like, one, we could talk about the game, of course, and this specific issue, but, oh, wait, the player count has now jumped to an impressive 2 million, and this is as of yesterday, so that's a lot, but I kind of want to talk about the idea of, like, is this a good reason to delay your game, or, in my head, I'm thinking, you don't want to have people to have bad experiences and have issues getting in the first day it's out, because then they refund it and never come back, but... Are they going to spend a bunch of money securing extra servers for in a month when demand goes down right. to be stuck with this bill? Yeah, I was kind of talking with you about this earlier, Ben. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been a real shift in opinion uh-huh. um, with the popular first-person shooters, and I think that people are eager to latch on to something new. Um, I've seen that sentiment many times on the Internet at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this has caught something at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I worry that if it takes too long that the momentum, yeah, I agree with you, could die. Yeah. Um, I have an overall problem with the game in general. Yeah. Okay. We can talk about that too. But that's like something different altogether. But I would be interested to see how it's been updated mostly. And that's my biggest problem. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that's honestly a great reason to delay your game because, you know, with an experience that's so heavily multiplayer, from what I understand, mm-hmm. just literally not being able to play it yeah. or having, you know, 10 minute queue time, stuff like that. It, right. it People are not going to play your game. No. Even if they do, they're going to fall off quick. Right. So they're going to have to strike up this perfect balance between trying to 
keep the lightning in the bottle uh-huh. and making sure the bottle doesn't explode, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's um, a good way to put it. So They're spending $10 million. Well, I'm sorry. 1047 Games, which is who's, who's making the game, is receiving $10 million in financial backing by venture firm Human Capital oh, wow. to help fund the expansion of the developers' engineering and tech support. So I don't know if that means they're taking a loan for $10 million or if they're getting it in return for points on the game or you know a portion of revenue or whatever. Right. $10 million bucks. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I don't really know how, how much it should cost, but that seems like a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously this person sees something, and I can agree with that. I mean, I don't know, you know, I don't just want to completely change it to what I think about the game, because I want to hear what Dave has to say yeah. about the whole delay aspect, but do you have anything to say you think, Dave? You think it's yeah. a good idea to just, no, I just mean, push it along, or what? I mean, it's, it's, it's a great problem to have, isn't it? Um, when your game yeah, really is so is. popular. Um, and the only other thing is, you know, when I when I first read this story, I thought, wow, they're announcing a delay, like basically the day before the game was supposed to launch. But it doesn't hurt as much considering the game is still in open beta. So it's right. not as bad as like, you know, some delays. Um, plus, I mean, if they're willing to invest this much money and they have this much faith or they have an investor that has this much faith, it just means that, you know, they're willing to support this thing long term. And uh, they want to do everything they can to make it sustainable. So, I mean, that's going to give you the best product long term. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't sting as bad considering it's still in open beta, and you can you can still technically go play it. Just it's going right. to suck for a couple more weeks, but right. But yeah, I don't have any idea what this game costs to make. I mean, it's definitely high tier. Like it, you know, it doesn't. When I played it even like a year ago, it didn't run poorly or anything. Oh, no. But I wonder, like $10 million, what portion of your already spent budget is that? $10 million extra just for server capabilities, essentially. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot. Okay, so Brandon, what are your problems with the game? I have ran into this problem of video games that I feel copy too heavily from other things. Uh-huh. Like Phoenix, specifically. Breath of the Wild, Phoenix, yeah. this game, Halo. I think it's so special when you could make something that is similar to things you've seen before. I've watched videos of this played recently. Yeah. And it looks exactly like old Halo, which is yes. good. And yeah. I'm happy about. But I'm always left with this feeling of thinking, what can they add to it that can make it their own? Right. Um, and I don't think that, you know, you should really get stuck in that space where you can't innovate and continue to grow what you have. Right. Um, I think the portal aspect is interesting, but once again, just, you know, it's not like there's a market on, on portals, you know, anyone can use them in any game, but it just seems with the colors and yeah. just the <laughs> way it was pushed to me at PAX, it just was so in, in my face that it was Halo meets portal. And that sounds great, but also is just things I've played before. Mm -hmm. um, so... That's my biggest complaint with it. I want to see more, though, honestly. I'm hoping there's, like, some really standout things about it because I've heard positive things. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to try it out. So Well, it's free to play. Yeah. And it's supposed to be cross-play. Hell so yeah. So we could play together. I'm about somewhere. that, dude. Yeah. Cross-play. Yeah. 
I, whenever I played it in the previous, whatever the previous time I played it was, where they had like, I mean, at one point they had dropped down to like 600 concurrent players. Yeah. So I don't know who picked it up and started playing it that boosted it like this. But what I know though is that when I played, originally like the first weekend it was available or when they sent us the information or something, it was they had invited a bunch of like Halo pros <laughs> to oh, play. Oh, really? So when I was playing, I was just getting trounced oh completely. God. But I've seen some people who are like longtime Halo fans who have said like they got in and they were like trouncing everyone else. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it just depends on. And I mean, I'm not the best at first person shooters, but I'm certainly not bad. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it seems like it's got it's got some legs, but it's also maybe got some. Uh, some balancing issues, perhaps, yeah, that need to happen. Yeah, I don't know what kind of matchmaking they're going to have or anything like that. But anyway, I thought it was a, a different angle on a delay than we've seen in recent memory here. Honestly, kind of, kind of a positive angle. I think me. it is a positive so. angle because we've seen so many games, like even this year, like Outriders, that I don't even know why it needed to be server based, but that just couldn't launch because of the network issues and the overwhelming demand and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of really spoiled that game for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. In the beginning. So, yeah. All right. Death Stranding, Brandon. Ooh, one of your favorite games. Yeah. You didn't even play it. Today. I really do want to play it, though. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm positive I'm going to jump in for the director's cut. So, Dave, did you play Death Stranding? I can't remember. I did not, no. I played about 30-ish hours of it, and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't enough. I didn't enjoy it enough. Like, I, I kept falling asleep while I was playing it. And th- oh, no. that's not because the game was boring. <laughs> it's not entirely because the game was boring. And more of a fact that I was playing it at 2 and 3 a.m. in my recliner. Yes. You know, that's that's more the reason. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, we've been hearing for a long time from people that like, oh, Death Stranding, you know, it didn't sell very well. And uh, it, it certainly didn't, it didn't make its money back and all that kind of stuff. Well, it seems we were wrong because... According to GamesIndustry.biz, Death Stranding has sold 5 million copies between PS4 and PC. Well, Death... Sorry, I wasn't done. Sorry. Uh, Speaking to GamesIndustry.biz, head of publishing Jay Bohr says the game has performed quite well, and the studio is optimistic about the release of the director's cut on PlayStation 5 in September. Quote, with Death Stranding being the first developed first title developed out of Kojima Productions, from a sales perspective, it has performed quite well, he says. As of March 2021, Death Stranding has sold through over 5 million units worldwide on PlayStation 4 and PC. As revealed last month, the upcoming director's cut does more than just some visual improvements with new features, weapons, and modes. And while the game's social... Oh, while the game's central social strand feature has also been improved. I think that Death Stranding is a good game that I just got bored of, but it does like it's a game that's doing something that I don't feel like any other game has really done in the same way. Yeah. Like it mixes walking sim with first person combat with uh quest, you know, fetch quest right. constantly. Yeah. It, it's just a very strange mix of a lot of different things that seems to work. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting things to me and something I'm looking forward to is the um, passive multiplayer, I think, is is Mm -hmm. a phenomenal idea. Um, I think the idea of somebody leaving something for you on your long journey to help you out is insanely unique. Yeah. Um, And I 
and I love it. Um, you know, hearing this news, I'm not surprised they're doing a director's cut. No. Um, no. And I'm glad they are. Uh, Kojima's always done well, so I'm not really surprised. Right. I think I've always had a skewed perception until maybe like the last five years of how many how many copies of a game sell. Because when you hear like people celebrate when a game hits like a million sold after like a year, maybe. And I always like, oh, that doesn't seem like very much. There's, you know, at the time, like 120 million PS4s out there in the wild. That's right. not that great. But like to sell a million games, unless you've spent a bajillion dollars, is like a pretty, pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, 100%. So I don't know. I, are you interested at all in Death Stranding, Dave? I don't think so. Um, I have stared this game down the barrel numerous times and just been afraid that I was going to spend the money and I'd be lost with the story and I'd be bored and I just didn't want to spend the time with it. Um, hearing you talk about it, Ben makes me want to consider it a little bit more, but I just found as the years have gone on, Kojima's exposition has just gotten so cryptic and like not enjoyable (laughs) so like the height of his work for me was uh and this is i'm in the minority here but my my favorite uh metal gear solid was metal gear solid 2 guns of the okay not guns of the sons of liberty um is that a is that an unpopular opinion i thought metal gear solid 2 was a popular one no I don't think maybe. I mean, I, I I thought a lot of people didn't like it because uh, of the whole ride-in thing. But anyways, I just found like after that, it just started to get weird, and it hasn't yeah. really stopped. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just fearful that I'm going to spend the money, and I guess it's one of those things that I'm waiting for it to hit like twenty bucks, and that's not going to happen now that there's the director's cut thing, but. I don't think right. you'll be able to find the old version anymore. It's yeah. actually, I checked on PSN and it's no longer there. You can still get the oh, digital yeah. deluxe version. Um, but otherwise, yeah, maybe it's available on, it's got to be available on PC still. But uh, yeah, so it's still I'm quite sure if you expensive. you walked into a store, you could probably still find a, a physical copy. I do not have how much a PlayStation be. device with a disc drive well, anymore. Well, right, so. right. I know you don't. Yeah, because, you know, you, you were so, yeah. insistent upon that digital device. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now you're at now you're at Sony's whim to do whatever they want you to do or not do. Yeah, I do occasionally regret that decision, but um, <laughs> yeah. like when your sister bought you a physical game for Christmas. Yeah, Sackboy, and I had to return it and get a uh, oh. PSN card. Yeah, her heart was it in worked. the right place, so that's fine. It was, it, it was, it worked out. It worked out. Speaking of games, the, did you guys have anything more to say about Death Stranding? No, dude. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Speaking of games that have uh, for sales numbers uh, hit hit milestones, Brandon sent me this. Mortal Kombat 11 has surpassed 12 million copies sold worldwide. And so I guess just real quick to go back to the thing I said before when I was like, oh, 5 billion copies. That doesn't seem like a ton, but it is. When you think about the fact that Death Stranding, this, you know, it's a Kojima game, but still it's not a triple A whatever, I right. guess. Uh, when you think about the fact that it's hit 5 million and Mortal Kombat, one of the most giant games in existence, just pr- surpassed 12 million copies after, what, two years? Is that right? It came out two years ago? 
something like that. Yeah, that sounds is about right. Uh, they just hit twelve million. It seems like okay, maybe that is, and it's on more than more than just PlayStation, right? Yeah, it's on Xbox. And Correct. Too. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of comparable in a yeah. sense. Uh, but this story is from Game Informer says. Mortal Kombat 11 is the latest entry in a renowned franchise that has spanned decades. The game features a sizable roster, etc. We know a lot of this stuff. But none of the other games uh, have reached quite this many copies, from what I understand. And what do you think it is, Brandon, since you played a lot? David, did you play Mortal Kombat? Do you, have you ever? Do you like Mortal Kombat? Uh, it, it was a game I grew up on, but I haven't gone back to the series now that I am mature. Um, not that I, yeah. I think I'm too mature for it. I just haven't gone back to it. Right. Gotcha. So, Brandon, what do you think it was about Mortal Kombat 11 that propelled it to such heights? Um, I think it was probably a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, obviously, but uh, I don't know. I feel like they really came out swinging, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They updated it for the new gen consoles. It looks amazing. They had a lot of really awesome partnerships this time around as they typically do um they had a lot of action 80 here 80s heroes they had rambo and the terminator and robocop and the story stood out and i feel like they've progressively developed the same formula they had from mortal kombat x and just took it through the roof right um and i think you would probably see that in the sales numbers too if i had to guess yeah um but yeah i think they found what stuck in x and then made that look prettier. Yeah. Made the story better and added some more cool fucking characters that everyone loves. Yeah. And um, that's really all you really need from the Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so I'm eager to see how the entire, like the IP moves forward, not even just in games. Right. Because they just, they're on the backs of an amazing, successful movie. Right. And they're on the backs of an amazing, successful game. Yeah. And I really wonder what NetherRealm is thinking as far as, you know, our game's been successful, the movie's successful. Right. I'd love to see them branch out, but me saying that kind of hurts. Right. And I don't agree with it at the same time. It's <laughs> weird because, like, you know, I want them to be in two places at once. But um, no, man, just excited for what's next because... I don't know that there would be much that I would improve with Mortal Kombat 11, right. if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, I think it's a shining game. Yeah. I uh, I play a little bit of it, but I need to play. I need to dive in and play some more. Actually, Phil has a copy for me because he has two copies somehow. Maybe he has a PS4 and a PS5. No, he. I think he said he bought a copy and then got home and realized he already had it. <laughs> oh, no. So he was going to bring <laughs> it to like me. That is like the most Phil thing I've that ever heard. That is a very Phil thing for sure. I... Uh, I always enjoyed Mortal Kombat games growing up, kind of like Dave said, but I didn't. I haven't gotten into the recent ones. Uh, you got me into the mobile game for a while. Oh, dude, the mobile game is like absolute garbage compared yeah. to Eleven. Oh, I know. But I know. as far as just a tapping, you know, face recognition, uh, you know, oh, I'm Scorpion. Oh, right. I'm you know, <laughs> right, Rain. Oh, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, a lot of fun all over. You know, I think they're doing great on the mobile app it is a little microtransaction-y right well but so, so is was, apps you so know? was mortal kombat 11 when it came out right yeah yeah they still have the microtransactions it's not very invasive okay um at least my opinion i haven't been tempted a single time um and there's enough cool skins in there that you you will not need it trust me 
Right. So. Right. Cool. Well, we I'm know wondering, they have stopped. Uh, how much of a. Sorry, ahead, I'm wondering how much of a presence it has on on the esports scene because we've we've obviously seen that kind of blow up in the past, you know, five to ten years. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's up there with like the Street Fighters and Tekkens and stuff like that, but I mean, given how popular esports is now, maybe that has something to do with its its uh, recent successes specifically. Yeah, no, I. It's definitely in Evo this year, so, and I believe it was the prior year as well. I think they made, the, or maybe even the one before that, they definitely made the switch over as soon as that came out. Right. Um, I know that, and the competitive scene was lit. Uh, the one guy that always dresses up, do you know the furry guy I'm talking about? Yeah. He, he won a shit ton of tournaments, yeah. but um, yeah, I feel like it was kind of in its prime then, and I'm excited to see, you know, some new faces pop up sure. um, and enjoy this uh newer version of the game yeah and they're working on whatever's next for nether realm too yeah they quit develop they they announced they were done with development on mortal kombat 11 they weren't going to support it anymore yeah it's been a while there's a lot of content to be honest yeah um there's an entire you know essentially another half of the story you can buy um with a bunch of new characters like a bunch of new characters so you know that game has seen it through to the end and uh you know they're ready to move on makes sense yeah yeah okay keep talking about sales numbers here let's do it dave why don't you take this one you you brought this to my attention and i had seen this earlier but i don't know why i didn't put it in about the xbox the series consoles yeah, so uh, this comes from Games Radar, and uh, basically they have reported earlier today that the Xbox Series X and S are Microsoft's fastest-selling consoles yet. Um, wow. Just surprising because uh, I still can't get a Series X, can't find one anywhere, <laughs> so... Um, according to the news story, uh, we estimate that the Xbox Series X... Uh, slash S total sell uh, was 6.5 million as of June 30th, 2021. That's compared to our estimate of 5.7 million for Xbox One and 5 million for Xbox 360 in the same time frame. Um, hmm. So that's, you know, they're also saying that their hardware revenue is up 20%. Um, so I guess as, as these pieces of hardware are becoming more and more available as we get towards holiday. Um, the Xbox Series S and X are, are, are really picking up steam and, and they're proving to be successful. And I don't know if this is part of the um, uh, part of the actual article, but from what I understand, and my source on this one is dude, trust me, um, yeah. <laughs> is apparently the Xbox Series S specifically has been selling quite well, relatively well in Japan, uh, which yeah. is a market that Microsoft has always had a hard time in. So um, it's good to see that the the competition between Sony and Microsoft, uh, you know, maybe heating up quite a bit because obviously last generation it really just wasn't much of a competition at all. But right, um, right. and I I, assume, I I can't remember if we talked about that. Yeah, we did talk about this last week. So you finally got your hands on. The Series S, how's the experience so far? I'm enjoying it. I haven't had nearly as much time to play it as I would like. But yeah, I was able to to grab one just like shortly after we talked about it uh, originally, maybe on the show. And I like it. I mean, first of all, 
you see a lot of pictures and people saying this online, but like, I did not realize how small it was going to be until I opened the box and there it was. And I was like, wow, I can palm this thing, <laughs> which I don't can't remember the last console I could do that with. Maybe like the PS one, you could like, I don't mean like, you know, hold it up and down. I mean like literally palm the palm, whole thing. Palm that shit. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really nice. It's, it fits, you know, almost anywhere you want to put it. Uh, without having anything to compare it to, well, without having a Series X to compare it to, I can't say for sure, but, like, it looks great. It seems to run great. Uh, I notice a little bit of lag compared to my computer, but that's to be expected. My computer is way more powerful than even the Series X uh, would be in some to some degree. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, obviously, you know, Game Pass is great, but that doesn't really necessarily directly relate to the Xbox Series S, but... Dave, I did. You said about not being able to find one in stores. Uh, we were at, believe it or not, of all places, we were at Walmart in uh, Grove City, which is about an hour north of us, maybe not even quite that far, uh, on our way up to a little trip we took last weekend. And Dustin, Phil, and I saw a Series S on the shelf at Walmart. It's the first one, first new-gen console I've seen on display. And I thought I should buy this and give it to Dave, but then I thought... How am I going to see him? It's going to cost me more than the thing costs to send it to him. Right. So, dude, I can't believe you saw it in the wild. That's actually kind of nuts. Phil almost bought it. I talked him out Damn. of it because he has a Series X. And I said, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is. He also tried to buy a Fast and the Furious Lego set. And I wouldn't let him do good that. Good Lord. Family. Yeah. Uh, see, when I hear these numbers, it makes me curious. Yeah. Um, I wonder, and this isn't me poo pooing the numbers. Sure. I want the competition makes everything better. But I wonder if the Game Pass machine strategy yeah. is a part of this equation. Absolutely. Or, and there's no way to know for sure, but I really wish I could know. Yeah. Or if it's, you know, everyone's so hungry right. for the new consoles. It's obviously a mixture of both. Sure. But I would love to see like analytics, you know, hey, we're pushing ads on Game Pass a ton this month. Right. How many... How many numbers do we think we acquired from this? True. Yeah. I would love to see those stats because I'm, I'm really interested because I feel like Sony and Microsoft have really kind of switched how they push things. And I think that it's smart for Xbox what they're doing. I really do. Right. Um, and I'd love to see them continue to, you know, collect the fruit from what they've sowed. I can't tell you 100% across the industry how this is working. But for me... If, if I did not have Game Pass Ultimate, or actually I had Game Pass and I just for PC and I upgraded the $5 or whatever to Ultimate, if that didn't exist, there's no chance I would have bought an Xbox this generation. And I almost didn't. The, the real reason that I bought it, I guess, is so that I could play Game Pass games on my couch. Yeah. Uh, or on the recliner, as opposed to sitting at the computer. But for me, it was definitely a, the main factor. And well, if I buy this, I literally don't have to buy a game again if I don't want to. Right. Like with the PlayStation, you buy it and you don't buy a game. Well, you don't play anything unless you're just playing PlayStation Plus. Games. Right. But with Game Pass, it's like anytime I want to play a game that's on Game Pass, I just download it and I play it. Like I don't have to pay anything extra. Right. So that definitely drove it for me. Uh, I think there is a, a console hunger as well, but I didn't have that. I mean, I like new hardware. Everybody likes new hardware. But for me, it was literally just like, well, there's games I could be playing that I'm not playing. Right. The, the only reason I think that there still is the hunger, and obviously these 
these Twitters are meant for this sort of thing. Sure. But the tweets are still flying out daily for yeah. restocks from a lot of sites. Yeah. And that makes me think that a lot of people still don't have them. Absolutely. If, if they weren't getting engagement on those posts, you're... Well, as, they're selling out immediately when they post You know them. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely... Yeah. Definitely interesting. For sure. Dave, so you're still considering just getting an S and not an X? Yeah, I think I'm actually leaning S now because I thought more about what I said to you previously, how, you know, I'm expecting there to be a mid-gen upgraded Xbox device. And, you know, maybe at that point, that's when I'll jump to sort of the premium model. But I'm, I'm really jealous that you have the device in hand now um, just because there's <laughs> this there's this new action RPG coming out called The Ascent. I think it comes oh, out yeah. on the 30th. Tomorrow. Um, yeah, it's like a okay. twin spit, sorry, twin stick, like Diablo type game. But uh -huh. I look at these numbers and I, I think the easy thing to sort of say is that, you know, the market has just grown, but it's still pretty crazy to think that Xbox has sold all these next gen devices with literally no next gen exclusive titles. I so know. <laughs> that really just suggests that the the mainstream gamers are really starting to understand the sheer value that comes with Game Pass. And that's what's really pushing the de these devices out the door. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because I think like maybe a month ago or more, we got numbers from, from PlayStation. And I think they had crossed the 7 million mark for PS5, which of course was, you know, I think they had headlines of fastest console ever, fastest selling console ever. And it was beating all the records and stuff. So, for Game Pass not to be, or not Game Pass, for Xbox not to be lagging that far behind the previous industry leader, maybe it's just a matter of supply and demand, maybe it's whatever, but I think by the end of the gen, you might see more Xbox hardware sold than PlayStation. Yeah. Even once they catch up and demand is equal, and you can literally walk into a, a Target and, and see one on the shelf and buy it, no problem. I think, I... Uh, I think a lot of people are going to have the same mentality that I had and say, well, I have my PlayStation. I might as well also buy a Game, uh, a game Pass machine, essentially. Yeah. Not that there aren't games for the Xbox eventually going to come out. We know that. But, like... You're buying on the promise of old. You're at buying... Yeah, yeah. At least at the moment. It's so wild to me that I don't have to think, like, I don't know. It's just... It almost feels wrong, the fact that, like, any of the future coming first-party studio games that are going to come out, I don't have to buy them. Yeah. I'm always nice, thinking dude. about, like, what games am I going to actually have to spend 70 bucks for in the next three months that I, that I have to have? And uh, when I look at Xbox, it's like, eh. Doesn't matter. I might buy, a, might buy this indie game for $10 yeah. that isn't on Game Pass, but even that is kind of getting rarer and rarer, so... I think that's all the news we have. Guys, do you want to just talk for a few minutes about some games we've been playing and stuff? Sure. Yep. Dave, start it off. What have you been doing? Uh, so I uh, jumped back into Call of Duty Cold War quite a oh, bit. Nice. Um, the past few weeks. Uh, I also started uh, back up playing Sackboy before oh. he officially became a communist by association. Right, right. <laughs> um, man, that game is good. I think I told you, you guys, last year that I just by um, sheer chance was playing that game at the same time as Super Mario Odyssey. 
And I got to say, Sackboy is so much more enjoyable than than Super Mario Odyssey. And maybe, I don't know what it is, but that game does so much cool stuff with music and how it interacts with level. I think that the first time I played the, it's one of the first levels in the first world where it's it's like set to um, a Bruno Mars song. I just like, this is so cool. Like it's corny Uh and it's silly, but it's just so much fun. And then as you play through the game, you, you, you hit these levels with like these licensed songs and stuff like that. And it's just, it is so charming that you can't help, but have a massive smile on your face when you're playing. So nice. I'm excited to play it. The the kids keep asking me, when am I going to play it? And I'm like, well, once I play some other stuff, I need to play it. (laughs) It's just sitting there in the plastic still. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast with that. And, and I, it's, it's the sort of thing where like I jump in and I, I, it's my game for like a few days and then I'll put it down and I won't play it for a few weeks or months or whatever. And then I'll just jump back in whenever I want to play something light. I think I told you that like after finishing Demon Souls, I'm like, I need something mindless to play (laughs) because Demon Souls was too stressful, not too stressful, but you know, I needed an easier experience. So that was, that was perfect. It's like then, a palate cleanser. Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, Ben was saying like, oh, Ratchet and Clank is the perfect thing for that. And I agreed. But then I realized that I had uh, Sackboy sitting on my my hard drive there. So Sack yeah. sitting on my hard drive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then. Uh, We've all had that. Well, the digital model is way different, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, two days ago, uh, I came across Metro Exodus on sale. So I picked that up. Uh, that's a game I've been eyeing for quite a long time. So uh, I'm just in the early hours of that game and uh, I'm having a good time with it. I think it it does a lot of cool stuff with with tone and setting and and it being the third game in the series. It was the first one that sort of experimented with, uh, you know, semi open worlds. And um, as bad as the voice acting seems to be initially, they have somehow found a way to make the characters like lovable and, and endearing. Um, so, so yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but, uh, yeah, early on I'm, I'm, I'm digging Metro Exodus. So I don't Why know. Have you guys think... played that game? No, no, I, I haven't. I played a little bit of it, um, back when we got it for, wait, what's the newest Metro game? Is that Metro Exodus? Exodus. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I played a little bit of it back when we got it for review for Handsome Phantom on PC, but I didn't play a lot of it at all. But I, why did I think that game was a PlayStation Plus game at one point? Maybe Weird. one of the Metros was. Maybe, maybe that's it. It could have been. I don't know. Yeah. But Dave, it, I mean, one, of the one, things... one of the reasons I got it was because it, it, uh, it had a, a PS5 boost or upgrade yes. or whatever, so... Um, that certainly, I think it has ray tracing and that kind of stuff. So it certainly looks pretty for a game that's, I don't know, almost two years old now. So, right, right. One of the things that you said there, uh, about the voice acting, uh, just reminded me that somebody was saying that like, you'll be talking and like the, the voices don't seem like they're synced up. And I wonder if that is something to do with, they tied the dialogue lines to certain things in the game and then when they translated it to English that certain things didn't match up anymore. Um, that that's not indicative of what you were saying about the the actual voice acting itself, but I just found that interesting to think about like if they tied dialogue lines to certain uh, you know, maybe cinematics or whatever, 
that it would mess up that a little bit. So I, I don't know. I haven't played it, so I don't know specifically what people are addressing. But yeah, I it's a game I kind of want to play, but also I'm with you. I haven't played the previous games, and I'm kind of like not that you need to. I don't think, but uh, I just I'll get around to it eventually. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, me, oh man, I've been struggling with Returnal a little bit. Oh. Um, I think that the reason that this game is appealing to me is because it feels like other things. Okay. And I've talked about that before. Um, but in games like Dark Souls, I have a very defined way of doing things. And when I find it efficient, I continue to do those things. Right. Um, RNG doesn't really allow me to do that efficiently. True. Um, so I've really struggled with that aspect of the game recently. Um, I've kind of fallen back a little bit. I'm not done with it by any means. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to pick it back up. But it's definitely, like Dave said, less less fun, happy-go-lucky type of game. Um, like like Dark Souls. So I kind of kind of keep myself at arm's length because um, I don't want to burn out. But playing a little bit of that, um, I'm off the heels of RE8 um, and I'm hungry for something else. And so I uh, started playing back up Resident Evil 3. Okay. Um, it has, um, I believe, some uncapped frame rates. So I was enjoying being able to play it um, in beautiful 60 frames a second. Right. Um, I've never finished that. I've played probably about the first third of that game. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just started afresh uh, and started up the journey again to try and quench that thirst that RE8 gave me. Nice. Um, so that's really about it. Um, I'm not really going to talk about Call of Duty because I kind of just play that in between everything else. So. Right. I have also been playing Returnal. And today, actually, I beat... What was it today? I don't know, this week sometime... I beat the first boss. Nice. I haven't got to play it as much as I want, but finally I, I was able to play, to beat the first boss. And then you go right into the next biome or whatever they call it, level. Right. And I got through there, and I got to the next boss, like, in my first try. Yeah. I died almost immediately because my health was low going in. I was just kind of exploring. <laughs> yeah. I had just come off the first level, whatever. But then I jumped back in immediately just to do one more run and try to go directly to the second level. Is it, am I mistaken, or do you have to go through the first biome to get to the second biome? Correct. Wow, okay. Yep. That's rough. And you can get completely lost in the first one. So I've not paid attention enough before and went the wrong way and got entangled in a massive network of hallways that did not lead to the next biome. <laughs> Wait, so it, after you beat the first biome, or is the is it the same layout every time? I think it changes. It changes every time, to my knowledge. There's, like, some things you'll recognize, but I never find myself knowing where I'm going exactly, ever. Wild. Um, I think there is a bit of randomness to that, at least from what I've found. Well, there is in your initial first run. uh, Right. uh, Or first bio. But I've kept going back, and, like, it's not like I'm like, oh, this part's through this doorway. Nope. Huh. It's just, yeah. So... I was not expecting that. Yeah. And it's cool because you can, once again, that game is filled with risk reward right um so certainly you can explore old caverns to get gear to Uh get you set up for the next biome but that entails you risking your own fate right (laughs) in the process i mean there was many times when i was trying to um help my chances at world two by doing world one some more yeah um and died in world one again (laughs) so um yeah definitely definitely interesting to not know exactly what's going on all the time. Um, I kind of find that to 
like it keeps me on my toes, uh-huh. but it is a little bit aggravating. I gotta admit. So is that? I mean, I don't know how far you are in the game, but like, when I'm in biome four, am I gonna have to go through one through three to get to four? I'm one boss past you. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, I'm excited to play that some more. Um, it really got me. Like once, I, I have done a couple runs like every couple days over the last couple weeks since I got it back, and once I beat the first boss, I was like, okay, I'm yeah. I, I was never gonna stop, but like now I'm like itching to get back yeah. to it. Whereas before I was just like playing it while I could. Uh, I've also I also played Chris Tales. Okay. Which I've only played like maybe three or four hours of that. Uh, came to Game Pass. There's not a lot to say about it, except if you're if you're thinking it's not the game for you, give it a shot. It's turn-based, very much so. Uh, there is some exploration, too, of course, you know, before you get to the battles that are turn-based. Uh, it's... I like it because it's got like a time mechanic, and I love anything to do with time manipulation. Movies, games, anything. Right. And so you can like either progress things forward or backwards in time to make them uh, to, to, to your advantage. So like the example I'll give is like one of the, like the very first boss, like almost the tutorial phase is they have a shield and you have to spray water on them in the current day and then send them into the future. And when they go into the future, like so current day that you can't break their shield. But if you send them into the future, their shield's a little bit rusty and you can break through it. Gotcha. So like that's how, that's kind of how the time manipulation works. And maybe there's way more mechanics to that in the future, or in the future. Uh, in <laughs> further into the game, I don't know for sure. But right. I mean, it's, it's a Game Pass game, day one Game Pass. Uh, I played this, they debuted it at E3 a couple of years ago. And I was able to check it out then. And I, it's kind of one of those titles I've been eagerly awaiting. Right. Uh, what I'm thinking with this one, though, is I'm going away for a few days for some family obligations, uh, family reunion, all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking that this might be a game that I can play on cloud gaming. Oh, okay. Because I can't play like normal minute to minute, you know, action to action games right. on digital. I just can't do it. But this and Slay the Spire might be two games that I can play mobily mobily on mobile because they're not highly dependent upon reaction times right there is a little bit of reaction time stuff in chris tales for blocking and whatnot but a little slower pace a little slower pace that you know you get to balance out what you're doing and when you're doing it uh i think that's all the new stuff i've been playing of course i'm always on other grinds but we know how that goes that's it that's, that's the it. games we've been playing wow that's the news of the week that's the show. That's the show. All right. What do you think Phil's been playing? Um, Apart from with our hearts. Huh. Yeah, definitely with our hearts. Phil's go-to is Yakuza, so I got to say that. But he told me the other day he started playing something and it didn't stick with him. I can't remember what it was, hmm. though. Oh, Dave, this one's for you. I've also, I also played, I don't know, maybe four or five hours total, maybe not even that long, of the show on Xbox. Sweet. Which is really funny to think about. Uh, basically, I actually, just been sorry, doing the career I, mode. I had to. I had to say something because I did listen to the show last week, uh, uh, and and you said something interesting about it feeling like an RPG. Yeah, and it it harkened back to that article I wrote about how surprised I was about how deep MLB's the show's sort of like road to the show was in terms of oh, being yeah, an actual yeah, yeah. RPG. Um, right. So, yeah, I, w- as soon as you said that, I was like, cool. I'm glad that resonated with some po- someone else. <laughs> yeah. it's, it is it is really cool that, like, 
all the little things they do to sort of make you feel like you're really crafting your own player and right. and how your performance really dictates what you grow into. Um, so yeah, this I'm is not at all it. reflective on you or your article, but I forgot you wrote that until just now. And you're right. Now that you say that, I remember that. And it's exactly, it's exactly right. Yeah. When you didn't bring up the article, I screamed and punched the wall. Cause I was like, <laughs> right. Fuck that Damn, guy, man. dude. <laughs> Damn dude. That's a pretty common reaction to people hearing me speak. I think. <laughs> Are you playing as the Pittsburgh pirates or do you, uh, uh, no, I did like it. let you, it drafts you onto a team. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. Right. Who'd you get drafted yeah. to? Uh, the curve, the Altoona curve. I'm sorry. They're oh, a that's a double A team. Oh, so okay. who's their, who's their MLB affiliate? Uh, I don't remember now. I think I thought it for a while it was the pirates, but maybe it's not anymore. I have to look that up. All right. Look it up for a second, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm terrible at it. I'm, I'm bad. And I'm still trying to figure out the systems. Like sometimes I hit like play next appearance and I'm like, Wait, why am I just catching the ball and then the game, whole game's over? Did I have one at-bat appearance? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just sometimes that's weird. Damn. Yeah, so if you play your cards right and if you, uh, if, if, if you bat well, Ben, and you, um, and you move up through the ranks of AA and then AAA, you will, you will be called up to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So no shit. No and shit. I totally did the random one, too. Yep. I don't know if I want to be on the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, they're not very good. Got to be honest with you there. I did play a couple like exhibition games as the Pirates before I started the Road to the Show or whatever. And uh, Wowzer, the stats on those teams are, on that team's bad in yeah. that game. They're like 27 out of 30. Oh, Lord. Ranked, I think. So, which is better than I would rank them in real life. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. I think that's it for the show. No pun intended. Thanks for tuning in out there. Uh, again, head over to the Patreon and check it out. Give us a buck a month if you want. If you don't, we appreciate you. We like having you around. Everybody, whether you're a patron or not, can join the Discord over at handsomefandom.com slash Discord. We'll see you there. See you next time. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by our producers over at Patreon.com. You can be a producer by visiting Patreon.com slash handsomefandom. Adaholic. Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Felix Check, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavalero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas.